Mike, I'm interested. Just the Vegas Knights as a franchise are basically babies, right? Like as an expansion yeah. team uh, was created in 2017. Obviously, go, they go to the Stanley Cup their very first year, lose to the Caps. They're back in it again. Like, what does this say about uh, where the NHL is heading and how an expansion team can come in and compete right away? Yeah, I think it says a lot about the the salary cap and how that allows for teams to be able to, you know, remain uh, just a solid team for right at the gate because you saw even the Seattle Kraken this year. It's just their second season in the NHL, and obviously they were able to put together a pretty solid squad and get through to the second round and gave Dallas a, a run for their money. Um, they beat the defending champs even in round one. So, you know, there's a couple of examples here in the NHL where expansion franchises have been able to find success. I think it just, you know, you, you chalk it up to parity in the NHL. And, and to me, the hard cap system that is in place in the NHL is what allows for that. Like these teams are starting off with a completely clean slate for the most part. They don't have bad contracts. So they're able to, in Vegas's perspective, they're able to, you know, take on some tough deals, but also pick up some draft picks and some capital. Uh, you know, they were farming other teams is what was uh, the phrase that was used before. Seattle was a little bit different. Teams weren't willing to work with them as much in the expansion, but that meant that they had a lot of cap space to go out and make some free agent signings and then also make some trades. You know, they were able to bring in an Oliver Bjorkstrand this season, who was a big time goal scorer for them. It only cost him a third to fourth round pick. And the reason why they were able to get him over other teams is because Paul, they had the cap space to do it because they didn't have, you know, mess up contracts from years prior that a lot of teams uh, happen to have. And especially with it being a flat cap due to the pandemic for the last couple of seasons. So I think that the hard cap system is what allows that to happen. And trust me, there's a lot of jealousy going around the league because the Toronto Maple Leafs, the team that I am, you know, I, I cover for a living. They haven't been to a Stanley Cup final since 1967. <laughs> yet out in Vegas, they've had now two trips and four trips to the conference <laughs> final. Ludicrous. Tortured fan bases. We've all at least got one team like that, and it's just absolutely horrible. All right, you mentioned Sergei, Sergei Bobrovsky. He's I mean, look, he's he's been the reason why they've gotten here. Certainly one of the main reasons. And how often do we see in the Stanley Cup playoffs a, it's a goaltender that just dominates? and helps get his team on a long run. Uh, I'm looking right now, and Bobrovsky's the favorite to win the Conn Smythe at 2-1, to one, which is actually better odds than Florida to just win the series, which I feel like if you like Florida in this series, that's the better way to go because you have better odds, yeah. and you're going to probably need, I'm assuming, Bobrovsky to, as you would say, right, stand on his head this entire series if they're going to win this. Is that sort of the main way to go? Like, it's got to be him or bust if they're going to win? Oh, 100%. I, this whole thing, just like it has, has been contingent on Bobrovsky being the best goaltender on the planet. You know, I threw out the stat earlier. He has saved 19.7 goals above expected. This team is only a plus seven. So if you think about it, if he's playing as expected, they'd be a minus team and they would not be able to win. Seven of their last eight victories have been one goal wins. I mean, if he's not standing on top of his head night in, night out playing uh, the way that he is, there's a good chance that they're not here. I, I would actually flat out say that if he was playing average to expectation, there's no chance that this team is here. So I think when you come in against the Vegas Golden Knights, who are favored to win the series and are a pretty good team, very deep team, a team that can shoot the puck really well as well, they, they uh, I think it was about 12% shooting, so they can finish, unlike some of the, you know, the the Carolina Hurricanes, they weren't really finishing a lot. And you could argue that the big problem was Bobrovsky, and they were tough to do. 
But I do believe that if the Florida Panthers will stand even remotely a chance to win this series, that guy's got to continue to be on his A game. Mike, when you're looking at the totals in this series, do you think this is going to be one where it's mostly overs or it's mostly unders? Because Florida's kind of been a team that they can play either game, right? Against the Bruins, there were a lot of games where it was overs. Carolina, a bunch of those games were unders. Vegas against Edmonton, they scored with them. Some of those winning Winnipeg games were high scoring. Do you think this series it could be more of a shootout where we see like three or four games where maybe the winner has like five or six goals, or do you think that the series could tend to hit some unders? I, I got the the sense that we'll see more unders hit. It feels like early in the playoffs the the overs were hitting at a at a, a more you know larger rate, but as the playoffs have gone on, teams have really kind of settled in here. The whistles have gone away for the most part too, so we're seeing less power plays, which means goal scoring comes a lot less as well. Um, and I just think when you look at the two goaltenders and the roles that they're on in Sergei Bobrovsky and Aiden Hill, uh, those are two guys who have just done a tremendous job of keeping the puck out of the net. So I would imagine that this will be a pretty tight series and, and a rather low goal scoring one, just like we've seen for the most part in the last couple of weeks here. Mike, uh, Matthew Kachuk has been called I, I, the most hated player in NHL um, as far back, really, uh, to like 2018. But he was really good in the conference finals. He scored the winning goal in that 4 OT game. Like, why do you think he's such a lightning rod? And how do you think he can help Florida win? The dude's just a gamer. I mean, you talk about how clutch he is. Like, the the nickname Matt Klachuk was being tossed out there throughout <laughs> the series. I mean, think about it. Game one scores with, was it 12 seconds left in four overtime to put them up one nothing in game one of the Eastern Final. And then he walks it off again in game number two in the first overtime. And then with four seconds left in game four, what a timely goal to uh, make a really nice move, patiently gets around the goaltender, finds some space, and scores. He just he has that clutch gene, and he just knows how to play, and he, he goes to the front of the net, and he's just such a hard-nosed player. He plays it the right way, and when you're when you're in the playoffs, there's a certain way that you have to play. There's not a whole lot of space out there, so you got to make space for yourself, and he's just willing to go into the dirty areas and do what's necessary to make sure that he gets the puck it gets it into the back of the net. And that's really, you know, how a guy like that becomes, I think he's second right now behind Bobrovsky for, uh, for MVP odds in this, in the, for the con Smythe. And I think it's just a testament to how timely his goals have been and just how good he really is. Talking to Mike DeStefano, BetMGM tonight, uh, Jack Eichel last series, plenty of quality chances, just couldn't actually put it in the net. Couldn't get the goals that they needed. Is that, could it be something that could be different in this series? Because I'm looking at him, plus 550, top goal scorer at BetMGM in this series. He had the chances last time around. Is there an opportunity now? Obviously, we know who's in net on the other side of things. But is there a chance that this is where he's able to capitalize a little bit more? Yeah, I think for sure he's somebody who certainly could come alive in this series. It's not that he didn't have looks and opportunities. He was just a little snake bitten, right? Like, you look sometimes at, at what shooting percentage looks like and when it's when it's lower than their career average you got to assume that most of the time things are going to level out right uh, everything balances out in the end and you got to assume that at some point that this this goal scoring is is going to come back I mean the guy has always been someone who could tickle the twine uh, like the rest of them and I think at this point they're going to need that as well 
You know, Jack Eichel, they brought him in. They gave up a significant price last year to bring him into the fold to be that number one center, a guy who could dominate at the center ice position. And I think this is a time where he's got to go and show, hey, I'm a $10 million player. They wanted me to be that franchise centerman, and I'm going to come up clutch for you guys here in the Stanley Cup final and hopefully bring that first title to Vegas. Mike, we saw the Blues about four or five years ago win the Stanley Cup, and that was just an improbable run. What Florida is doing is crazy. I think they were 66-1 to when they were trailing in the series to Boston, yeah. 3-1. If they go on to win the Stanley Cup and you had to compare the two, St. Louis to Florida, what, would you, what, what run would surprise you more between the two? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, like, the thing is, Florida, I think they both have – kind of a different way you could look at it like the st louis blues were literally the last place team in the league at one point when they came back and, and ended up winning the stanley cup i think it was like january 2nd or 3rd and they were literally the last place team in the nhl and ended up winning so that that's just super impressive and that's something that we would never see but there was a stat floating out there that uh, even though that team had only been in last place I guess they were in the playoffs in the playoff picture for I think it was 29% or 30% of the season the Florida Panthers this year were only in a playoff position for 27% of the time and it really took a terrible terrible puking uh, of the Pittsburgh Penguins against a, a very poor uh, Chicago team for them to even make the playoffs they got a lot of help along the way and then all of a sudden, they roll through the Boston Bruins, who had the greatest season, statistically, uh, regular season in NHL history. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, who were a top-five team in the NHL. And then they went and they swept the Carolina Hurricanes, who also statistically a top-three team in the NHL. So they went and just rolled through the Eastern Conference. If they can finish this off and beat the Vegas Golden Knights, and a funny little stat, too, is so far, each team that they've had to play – are the Stanley Cup favorites at the beginning of those rounds. They're 3-0 against them, so if you're a trends better, uh, you, you might want to bet the Panthers because they've been taking down the, the, the favorites all the way through. So I think when you look at the path that the Florida Panthers have taken once they got into the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs, I think maybe the Panthers one's a little bit more impressive. But if you take the whole season, uh, I guess you'd have to say the Blues because it was a bit of a longer run. Yeah, I mean, if things go exactly the way Florida gets it, I mean, you could be getting two in the actual state, two parades and two champions, although it doesn't look great right now for the Heat, but it's early. Uh, Mike DiStefano, really appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Anytime, guys.